Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Heard of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. More V-Show with Bob Balvano is now right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Tonight is the uh, Kenny Payne Show, 7 o'clock on 93.9 The Ville. Uh, Jeff Walls is on 93.9 The Ville uh, tomorrow at 7 o'clock, right after the Cardinal Insider. Cards take on Notre Dame Wednesday, 7 p.m. Alex White Network coverage begins at 5.30 after the game. Tune to the Coors Light postgame show with Ethan Moore. Kentucky takes on LSU Wednesday. Mike Gandolfo, Jason Enson, Zach Cantrell at 11 p.m. That's a late one for the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife postgame show on uh, 105.7 ESPN 680. Uh, Kentucky Fish and Wildlife reminds you to enter the 2024 Elk Draw today on their website. I thought it was like that contest I used to have when I was a kid on the Matchbox, draw the, you know, can you draw this rabbit? But they, I thought they wanted you to draw an elk, but I don't think that's what they mean. No, that's not what it means. But if, at least this is a more of an innocent mistake than you say that you can now hunt people from the Elks Club. Did I say that? Yeah, you did. Wow. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. No, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> Just tagging poor Bob. <laughs> Tim, Tim I was Stevenson. an elk. Did you know I was an elk? Yes, I remember. I remember because so, I thought and I still think it's amusing because I know I'm just joking. No, it is funny, but I I, I remember the elk club as a, as a kid well, because because but I was disappointed because I thought you know there were really elks there. Well, that and also I thought you guys got like antlers, like <laughs> like, like Fred Flintstone. Yeah, like I thought like the, you got the water the water buffalo. Yeah, I thought I genuinely oh, did. Yeah. yeah, when I didn't realize you didn't have antlers, I, I must be must be candid. I only joined so I could be a member of the golf club over there, and uh, and then they, now it's just open to the public. It is, yeah. It's now called Elks Run. I don't even know if the Elks, if there's a, is there an organization over there? Do the Elks still exist? I don't know, but the boys got noodles back here, noodles and company. We don't have a food drop Monday, so I got no problem giving shout outs. Okay, it smells amazing. Well, Gage and Tanner got pasta, and it's Janet made pasta. She's bringing, bringing me something. She's going to bring the cookies, too. That I got you from Jungle Jones. Oh, thank you. Very nice. But, yeah. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's talk oh, to... Speak of the devil. Where's my cookies? <laughs> she doesn't have any cookies. <laughs> I don't, she doesn't have any cookies. <laughs> Did she bring cookies? 
Oh, that's my bad. No, I know you did. I, I, I said yes, but it was... Uh, so now I don't have cookies. <laughs> we'll bring cookies tomorrow. See, that's called a double downer. Because I got excited. The upper was thinking I was getting cookies. And now it's a double downer because now I'm disappointed. If you hadn't said anything, it would have just been a neutral. Now I have no cookies. By the way, does, do you not I'm have sorry. a Does she I'm not sorry. have a calendar? You sent me a text. Gee, we're only two weeks away. We're going to Disney one week from today. Why'd you say two weeks? Does she not? That's six days. Yeah, so why'd she say two weeks? I got nervous. I thought maybe she had the wrong day. No. Nah, that, that must have just so look been. at your text. It says two weeks, only two weeks more. Yay. And I was like, wow, she's going on her own, I guess, because I'm going in a week. All right, let's get uh, Tim Sullivan in. That's his walk-up music. Sully, as always, we start with a question that's relevant to basically nothing except to me, and that is, uh, how many times have you been to Disney, and do you like it? Wow. Um, probably uh, four or five over the years. Um, and uh, I like it uh, in, in small doses. But, uh, <laughs> the... Uh, the problem I always have is when you bring children oh, yeah. and they don't like waiting in line. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's hot. Uh, you want them to have a great time and, and uh, you get frustrated when they don't. True. That's well said. Now, I'm going with children, too, but my children are in their 30s, so it should be a little better, right? I would hope. You'd think. Although, I don't know. <laughs> you know, Nick, maybe not. <laughs> So, uh, all right, here's the, here's the, here's the second uh, portion of our non-sports question. Have you ever been a member of one of the animal clubs, the Elks Club, the Moose Club, or the Lions Club? And if so, what was your experience? Or are you still for that? None. Never? None of them? None of the above. Optimists? No. I, no nothing? Uh, I, I, the, I have been a member of very few organizations. I was a member that I am a member of the baseball writers. And I helped found the Luge Writers Association in Lake Placid in 1980. Um, and I, I think there, uh, uh, that would probably be about the extent of it. I, wa- I was, uh, for a while, a member of the International Churchill Society, but that uh, I've lapsed. What is that? I don't even know what that is. Well, it's Winston Churchill. It's uh, kind of an academic uh, organization that... Uh, analyzes and uh, recounts his exploits and heroism. Um, and uh, you, know what, was, uh, you know what's sad? I've, I've lived here so long, I'm not kidding you, I thought it had something to do with Churchill Downs. I thought you were like, <laughs> thought you were talking about like an international you know, group of thoroughbred racing supporters or something. I didn't know it was about uh, oh. Winston Churchill. So then obviously, I, this is not embarrassing myself by asking this because I know the answer, but I want you to elaborate on it. Aren't, I forget, what, what's it called, his things in London, the underground offices that they built for the war, and now they're open to the public and you can go tour them. I thought that was fascinating. What were your thoughts about that? Well, you know, I, I may have mentioned this on, on your show before, but I happened to be there uh on the uh, 40th anniversary of VE Day. Oh my goodness! And I went, I went down to the uh, the war rooms. Uh, I think they've renamed them. Yeah. It's like the might be the Churchill Museum or something now. And I go down there, and Walter Cronkite is doing a broadcast. Oh my goodness! From there, yeah, that was pretty cool. And uh, I come up, 
go out in the street and uh, there's all these police barricades and I look and uh, there's a procession uh, back to Buckingham Palace and I somewhere in, in, a, in a box I have a picture of the Queen waving in my direction. Oh my goodness, very nice. Wow, no, we didn't have anything like that but we just, I thought the whole thing was fascinating if people don't know, during the Second World War they had to make some place where Churchill and his inner circle would be safe and they built this I don't know how far down it is. Pretty damn far down, but it's a it's a whole little. Uh, I don't know how you describe it. It's a whole labyrinth of of uh, places. There's offices and places to sleep, and um, it's pretty impressive. So uh, I don't I know. I don't know uh, uh, how many people. I, I, I was there 25 years ago. I, I don't remember it as well as if I were there more recently. But I do know it was uh, quite an elaborate or, uh, operation down there. They had maps. That's I know that that was the big thing. And they they made it so I think they put glass partitions up so you can see the rooms as ostensibly they looked during the Second World War. and uh, I think the, the map of uh, the war map is still up on the wall as it, as it was at the end of the war, which uh, would be, uh, well, now uh, almost 80 years. Wow. God, mighty it is 80 years, isn't it? Uh, uh, Texas says they show that place in a Bond movie. I'm not as well versed in Bond movies as I should be. I don't know. Nick might know that, but he's eating pasta right now, so... Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I missed that one, but I, you know, I and I haven't been back in uh, well, I guess almost forty years. But uh, it was uh, it was very cool. I, I later went to uh, Blenheim Palace, where he was born, and uh, Bladen Churchyard, where he is buried. Oh wow! So you are really uh, if, if they're, they're Swifties, well, you'd be a Churchilly, a Churchillian, a Churchillian. You'd probably be. Sounds like a chinchilla. <laughs> anyway, let's let's get to the the issue at hand. Um, sensitive because he's we don't know what's going to happen, but it certainly doesn't look promising that KP will be back. Um, but we don't know, and I and I'm not advocating that one. You know, I'm not trying to do Josh's job for him, but just for the sake of a discussion on a radio show, if he were to move on. Do you have any names that you would most like to see or most likely, or are they one and the same? How do you feel about that? Well, I think there are, you know, a number of uh, usual suspects that uh, have been floated. I just don't know how practical they are. Uh, you know, I, I think the name that that I've heard probably most often is Scott Drew. Um, and, uh, you know, I think uh, he would be a, a terrific choice given – the rebuilding job he had to do at Baylor and the success he's had, I don't, I don't know if they can uh, make this job appealing enough to him. Uh, but uh, he would he would be high on the list. I, I think you know, but I think there are a lot of uh, terrific coaches uh, in the country, and, and I think you know this next time, assuming that it's uh, uh, soon uh, and maybe imminent, I think you have to get a. Uh, an established head coach. You can't hire an assistant uh, for this job. It's not an entry level job. And you know, we've we've seen uh, Kenny Payne stub his toe on a, a number of things that I think a veteran coach would would not. And uh, you know, I, but uh, and you're you're far more expert on the, on the coaching fraternity than I am. So I I don't I don't have a, a candidate I want to push, but. Uh, 
Uh, I think there are some uh, interesting choices, and I, I still think it's an appealing job if if you can package it correctly and, and if the money is there. That leads to my next question. You have had discussion with people at the university about finances and levels that most of us have not. And I'm not suggesting you know everything that's going on, but you have a much better uh, view of the landscape than than many of us do. I I am curious how much knowing that they've got to get this right. Like the guy that – and again, he's not the only guy by any stretch of the imagination. But I use him just as an example because I want to see what your response would be about the money part of it. I I, I think Nate Oates fits the bill in every way, shape, or form. I think he's just sensational. He's a great coach. He'd fit the culture. He's whatever. I I talked about him at length at the start of the show, so I don't want to belabor it. But my point is I understand he's got a, a really, really high buyout. Could be $10 million. Do they have the wherewithal and or the determination to say, look, we're getting this right. We don't care, you know, what the price is. Or understanding that, let's just say to grant me my argument, he's the best candidate, okay? Let's, again, just to make the argument. But you can say, but there's other good candidates out there. It's like saying, well, we just can't afford, I don't know which is more expensive, a Lamborghini or a Maserati, but we can't afford one, but we can't afford the other, and boy, you're not going to go wrong with that one. Do they then just settle for that, or do they say, we're getting the guy we want and come hell or high water? How do you think it plays out? Well, I think that the university is uh, fairly strapped in terms of uh, its athletic Budget. I mean, they they still haven't uh, replenished the endowment funds that uh, that were used to to pay some of their previous buyouts. Um, that said, uh, I think there is a sense of urgency among the alumni and uh, you know, some of the money people in town, and I I would not be completely shocked if they were able to finance uh, an expensive new coach. Through some of the big hitters, I mean, I I don't want to uh, assume that Junior Bridgman is going to write a check that uh, covers all of their their ills, but uh, I think he's probably the first guy they go to, uh, and uh, certainly has the means to uh, to make it happen if uh, uh, you know if he's so inclined. Um, you know, I, I, given how much damage has been done to the brand and 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 how much money they're they're hemorrhaging uh, at the Yum Center right now with you know attendance in the uh, far below ten thousand a game, uh, the opportunity to uh, to fill those seats again and, and to create some excitement and uh, is uh, is going to be worth a substantial investment. And in you know if that means you have to take out a loan or. Uh, you know, go hand in hand to your your biggest boosters. Uh, you know, I think you you pretty much have to do it because uh, you don't want to see this program slip any further than it already has. Do you think? And again, this is I realize I'm I'm being fair here. I'm not just trying to be polite. I, you're you're not on the beat. Any you know you're not a, you weren't beat writer when you're here. You're a columnist, but you were you know much more dialed into the day to day on the various programs. So it may not be fair to ask you this, but given what's going on with Kentucky and they just got back in the rankings, that was a very important win they had over Auburn on the road. No question about that. But you know the the, the thought of um, again maybe they're 
I don't want to say unrealistic, but they're very lofty standards and no Final Fours in a while, no national championships and everything like that. Do you think that Cal is long for this job, either of his own volition or of people trying to make a change? What do you, what, how do you think that plays out? Well, I, you know, I haven't been over to Lexington other than uh, watched my alma mater get stomped um, this, uh, this season. And, uh, you know, there does seem to be uh, a good amount of talent there. I mean, if you look at the NBA All-Star game and how many Kentucky players were involved, I mean, that's uh, a, a tremendous advertisement for what uh, Calipari has done. Um, but people are getting frustrated, and it's not the Kentucky basketball that uh, we knew uh, 10 years ago. And it's uh, the idea that uh, the Wildcats are you know, kind of a second-tier power now uh, is, is very hard to digest. I, you know, I don't know that uh, the, uh, the situation is so dire that you're, you're going to have a groundswell willing to make a change, but I do, you know, sometimes wonder how much longer Cal wants to, to uh, mm. keep at it if he can't, you know, turn it up a notch and uh, can't read his mind. Uh, I don't think there's any uh, overt pressure uh, from the administration or the, the big money people, but uh, I think another year of this, uh, there might be. And, uh, you know, at, at some point you want to make an exit on your own terms, which uh, some of us have not had the option to do. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, I, I think Cal's confident enough to think he can turn around and, and in this NIL transfer portal climate, he can make it work. But he has to show that. And, uh, uh, being in, in the, uh, the second 10 of the, the top 20 is is not going to uh, mollify uh, that fan base for very long. Speaking of um, high-profile coaches, Mike Vaccaro, who writes the New York Post, who's a guy I, I really respect his, him as a writer. I think he does a very, very good job. And he really kind of... Uh, not harshly at any stretch of the imagination. I think he, he admires Rick and likes Rick, but took him to task because what he said is they lost a game. They were getting blown out by Seton Hall. And, um, and you know, Rick is by his son's own admission, like arguably the worst loser in the world. And um, he basically came out after the game and threw everybody under the bus, his players, the, the situation at St. John's that they've got spitty and cleaning that up for radio facilities and blah, blah, blah. And he said for Carroll now that that's a really bad look when he's out there and seemingly blaming everybody but himself for anything that's going on. And he did that last week. If you remember after a game, they lost, he went off on a long tirade about NIL and how they're not going to be able to, that's a bad thing for college sports and blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, I'm not taking anybody here to task, the writers or anything of the sort, but that's really not the kind of stuff he faced here very much. And even in the college level in New York, you're going to face that. And given the landscape the way it is, um, I just, I'm curious what your thoughts were about their reaction to 
you know, the, to him and, and, and his comments afterwards and knowing, you know, kind of the way he was when he was here. And uh, I don't know, what are your thoughts, I guess, in the long term? Because I don't, you know, I've never understood why he has to do that. He's in the Hall of Fame. They didn't hire him to win in one year. I mean, they really didn't. They're smart enough to know it's going to take more than that. And But I, I don't know why he just, he just can't help himself. He just can't help himself. He's got to, when situations like that come up, he, he, I don't know how else to describe it other than, you know, you want to say he's a bad loser. I guess that's part of it, but it seemingly goes beyond that. Um, I'm just curious if you saw the comments and what your reactions were. Yeah, I read the piece earlier today, and, uh, you know, I thought it was, it was pretty right on. I mean, Rick uh, Patino is a fascinating character, but uh, as you say, in, in the wake of a loss is, uh, uh, is not his uh, finest hour uh to uh to use a churchillian phrase mm-hmm. uh i you know i i do think that uh reading his comments about the lack of toughness of his players and the uh, recruiting shortcomings of his assistants and uh, the facilities at st john's i mean you know to some extent you know used to refer to RP theater and uh, yep you know he he, uh, he makes it dramatic and makes it often about himself uh, when there's a you know a larger story and there's a there there's a you know a, I guess a situation that needs to play out I mean he's uh, very I'm very confident that he's going to turn that program into a winner uh, in fairly short order but it's not as a simple a proposition as it was when he came to Louisville or when he came to Kentucky, you know, as as difficult as those situations were, because uh, you have a lot more uh, fluidity in recruiting because of uh, the changes in, in the rules, that, uh, the ability to transfer uh, pretty much uh, on a whim and. Uh, the uh, influence of, of big money on uh, on, on recruiting. Uh, you know, I, New York is a huge market. I'm sure St. John's has some very well-heeled boosters, but uh, you know, I don't know that he can compete with uh, with Kansas and uh, Kentucky and and, uh, and places that have been more traditional winners. Um, so it, it's. It's going to take some time, I think, for him to to get things right there. But um, you know, so many times with Rick Pitino, uh, he speaks out of frustration, yes. and then uh, you know later on realizes uh, what he said and, and tries to to walk it back. I mean, I remember uh, it took me uh, pretty much a year to, to get access to his interviews with the. NCAA and the transcripts and, and the things that that he said in, in that interview uh, were not the same things he'd said publicly, and you know talked about his life being ruined and uh, you know, that uh, uh, he had uh, been betrayed by a former assistant coach. Well, you know, if you think a, a little while longer, maybe you put things a different way and. Uh, and I, I would expect, in short order, we'll see kind of a uh, a new spin from him. But uh, uh, 
you know, the, the Detroit Tigers beat writers used to have a saying about Sparky Anderson, which was, whatever he says is only true today. Mm. And, uh, you know, I think that's that's often the case with Rick, is that, you know, you may hear a completely different version uh, in a day or two. And, you know, that's, that's part of what makes him such a fascinating character, is you... Uh, you hardly ever know uh, what to expect other than the unexpected. I got one last thing to ask you. It's a variation on something we've talked about before, so it's not necessarily where you're going to say, oh, you know, uh, this is a new topic, or I hope not just say we're visiting this again, but I just learned this over the weekend. I forget who it is. I'm not shielding the name. I just literally don't remember. There's a backup quarterback playing in the one of the power leagues, and the article came out, and I, I, I was really dumbfounded at this, but the guy who shared it with me swears it's true. He's a backup quarterback, and he's getting in NIL money about $1.2 or $1.4 million. He's getting twice as more than twice as much money than Brock Purdy got for being the starting quarterback in the Super Bowl. Is, could that poss- is that viable? Are they, are they making that much money with NIL that they're dwarfing what their professional counterparts are making? Well, I think there are going to be some unique circumstances uh, at specific schools that have a lot of money to throw around. That uh, you know, where the alumni are ambitious, wealthy, and uh, engaged. Uh, you know, the uh, the Brock Purdy salary is an anomaly. Uh, NFL quarterbacks uh, seldom have to worry about their next meal, and I, I suspect his next contract. Will be much more lucrative, but you know you have to remember he was the last pick in the draft. True, so didn't didn't have a lot of leverage going in. Um, but you know that the the landscape as it is, I think, is set up so that the there will be a uh, increasing separation between the very rich and the, the next tier in college athletics, and uh, those schools that have. The, the wherewithal are going to continue to separate. And, uh, uh, you know, I think that's just, you know, just the reality that, uh, that we're dealing with. And, you know, I, I remember writing about some of the facilities in Oregon and, and you know, ridiculous extravagance, I thought, uh, of what they were doing at a time when you couldn't uh, pay players either, you know, under, or at least legally, uh, and, and there was no NIL. Uh, at that time, you know, you had to, to have every bell and whistle uh, to try to attract recruits. Well, now you can pay them directly. And, uh, you know, that to, to me, that's a more equitable situation. I think the, the athletes would rather have uh, um, cash than uh, a Brazilian uh, wood in their uh, <laughs> recruiting room, but uh, um, you know that's. I think that's that's where we where we are. I, mean, I think was it Alabama that had a waterfall at its uh, football facility? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and and all of this was done to attract attention when when you couldn't legally pay players. And I, you know, I think paying players is a better better option and, and, and certainly less wasteful than uh, than uh, you know, putting miniature golf courses and barbershops and <laughs> in your your football facility. I 
No, we're back to Rick again, though, and I know it was after a loss, and he was doing his frustrated thing, but I think he's right. I mean, it, you just got to pay him and, and then put a salary cap in. I mean, and just be just again, I'm not advocating it's good, bad, or indifferent, but it is what it is. And, and if you don't do that, you're, you're just making things, I think, harder for everybody, the, everybody involved. I mean, in his case, I'm sure – you know, he wants that because, like you said, if it's just the Wild West out there, I'm not sure he competes with the Kansases and the Kentuckys and the others. Even the Yukons in his own league, they have a tremendous statewide fan base. And, you know, there's some wealthy people in Connecticut. But I just think from a practical standpoint, just like you said, you know, let's just talk about what it is. And, and that is the kids can get paid. They deserve to get paid, at least in my mind. And then, But you got to make it so it's got some degree of control to it because right now it's just it, – he's right. I know he was frustrated when he was talking about it, but he's right. It's completely out of control right now. Well, you know, in order to regain control, you're going to have to negotiate. You're going to have to recognize the athletes as uh, as a bargaining group, and, and uh, they're going to have representation. They're probably going to form unions. Uh, this is not what I think a lot of people envision that college athletics should be about. But you know, the idea that you have a you know billion dollar industry that is has historically operated, you know, wink wink as amateurism uh, was just not viable. I mean, eventually the, the the myth was going to go away because you know, people had been paid in one form or another for, for generations. And uh, and putting it on top of the table, I think, is, is far preferable to, you know, envelopes being passed in the middle of the night. Um, but, you know, in order to do that, you're going to have to recognize them as employees uh, that's going to trigger all kinds of workman's comp issues and uh, employment uh, law, and uh, and I don't know that the colleges are are yet ready to to take that step. So you know what they do instead is is complain and and try to to get Congress to do their bidding, and so far that hasn't happened. Well, Dartmouth, uh, they got a union. They're the first ones, and I'm, it's gonna. I, that's not going to be the last one. That's just, again, not advocating it before anybody writes me. Oh, you think this is good? No, I'm not saying it's good, bad, or indifferent. I'm just saying it is. And um, and so you're just going to have to deal with it. So that's the, the reality of it. So we'll see where we go. Buddy, it's good to talk to you. Take care of yourself. We'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, Bob. My All right. Thanks. Tim Sullivan, the Churchillian. Sounds like a. I think it sounds like a chinchilla when you say that. He's a big Churchillian. Yeah, it does sound like sounds like some sort of like otter creature. Yeah, it is. Like he's a what? Did you just what? call? Did you just call Tim Sullivan an otter? What? Like the. That's. Did you know that's a gay term? Oh dear God! Can you say any? What is now chinchilla? No otter. It's like a. Ter, it's a certain like style of gay man. Like oh there's bears. God. Like I'd be a bear. I'm hairy. Dare I say masculine? Like. That's like a style. Then there's like wolves, and then there's like otters. And I don't, I think, I think. You know, but you remind me of in a good to, way. Is it, I'm always advocating learning about things that came before your time. And that, that VC box is spectacular. There's all these old TV shows that I know were big at the time, but they were before my time. So I'm like, let's go see why people like them. Sometimes I look at them and I go, well, I don't know. They must have had no taste now. But then I watched one last night called Burke's Law. 
was an actor, very handsome man named Gene Barry, who I know was in two hit TV shows. He was in this show, and he was in a show called Bat Masterson. He played Bat Masterson. Um, uh, but in this show, he plays a guy whose father left him ridiculous amounts of money, so he's very rich. He drives a, he's got a chauffeur, and he, but but he is also the police captain. And so, uh, but so he doesn't, he's every, it's an Aaron, it's one of Aaron Spelling's first shows. So guest starring every week is every gorgeous woman that ever walked the face of the earth. They're in all sorts nice. of roles. Okay. So Aaron was smart to know what made people watch. But he also, one of the things that, as you know, if you listen to me when they're talking television, the shows I love are the ones where I care about all the characters. And there's not a scene where you come on and go, oh God, this guy again. Right. I can't stand right. those shows. And some of those shows create characters like that on purpose. And I go, well, good for you. I hate it. So go way but the ones are the ones everybody comes on he's got a guy i don't remember the actor's name sorry he's a handsome guy he's got two guys that work with him that are his you know assistants i don't know where they are in the police archive or uh, uh, hierarchy i mean not archive hierarchy but the one guy is a younger guy very handsome the other guy's an older guy both good cops and they both really loyal to him it's got a good sense of humor i like shows like that that are dramas but also have a a, a, a bit of humor and the guy reminds me of you not only because he's so handsome there but because he also does what you just did like did you know that's a gay term or something? like he was using like he'll use an idiom and he'll go i don't know like I don't know. That's as uh, that's as crazy as a uh, like. A, he was as nervous as a black panther. He'll go. Did you know a black panther's not really a panther? It's a and every, he does that like three times a show. And he's always right, but he's never obnoxious. He's never nasty. He's about not a well actually guy. He's like just like a he's not a know it all. He just happens to know everything. He's very bright, right. and and so it makes me laugh because it reminds me of you and of something like that. You have that gigantic head that has got sections off. You're like a giant Bucky's. Your head is. Here's his the sports section. Here's the clothing section is his current events here's there's brisket yeah it's, it's, yeah i mean it's just so that's that reminded me of that so i don't know that i need to know that because i'm not really um that active in the gay community but um i did not know that now you can't say otter either but for it's long not, it's, you're not gonna be you know you're gonna have to do sports show. Aren't derogatory no terms. i know but you you but no but i but see that's that's where you're wrong that everybody can find anything derogatory like when i grew up in new york I was amazed. We all embraced all of our other neighbors' ethnicities. Right. All the time. Oh, he's Irish. He's Italian-American. He's Jewish. He's uh, German. He's Polish. And we, hey, a Polish guy. You know, hey, we love that. We love that. And we, what are you eating? You eating kielbasa tonight? You know, hey. You know. But now I came here and if, if you, you just mention it and people get sweaty palms. I don't know why that is. We're American. Oh, okay. Yes, True. Very loyal American, yay, America, but of Italian descent, of Polish descent. I'm not a Native American. I'm not an, an a. What, can you refer to me? Can you say? Can you say Indian? I mean, many of my my um, um, things that I read from people who are Native Americans don't object to that term, but whatever. So you can't say anything. So this is what sports radio will be in ten years. Hi, game yesterday. Eight four. Louisville baseball wins. Next game, Thursday, Louisville basketball, beaten badly, Pittsburgh, coaching change, possibly eminent, names mentioned as follows, back after we pay bills. That's it. That'll be the show. You can't say anything beyond that because somebody's going to get mad. You're woke. You're this. You're left. You're gay. You're that. You're, oh, my God. 
Unbelievable. Well, or, or, you got a you got a happy beaver. I mean, you know, when you talk about Bucky's, that's got to go. So, or maybe it's just the exact opposite. You're just firing off takes about things no one cares about. I'm not saying that they don't care about, but just be like, you know what the problem is? Dan McDonald, they, they use a baseball in baseball. They need to use a puck. You know, people are just firing off hot takes about things. I this, don't know. That sounds like Reddington in Blacklist. Have you ever seen is Blacklist a show? Uh, yeah, no, it's a good show. It's got, uh, what's his face in it? Um, the guy who voiced Ultron, James Spader. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, I like him. Yeah, he's in it. Um, oh, I watched that, actually. Yeah. It's a good show. Yeah, it is a good show. Yeah. yeah. I watched it a little bit. The girl I was chasing sounds like reddington is reddington's not james spader's character though i don't think so no reddington in blacklist he would always have a factual aside yeah i like that very good uh all right uh what else we told you about some programming coming up some other programming coming up uh play-by-play texas a&m and arkansas uh that must be a westwood game again see westwood's starting to get into it now because football's over process text me he's weighing in on the on, whole, on the, the Bucky's versus Jungle Gyms. Oh well, he's a Cincinnati guy now, so. Well, he said that Jungle Gyms doesn't have the following, and he said the Bucky's people are like a cult. No, we're not cultish, my friend. Calm down. Whenever you, whenever somebody likes something more that you like, then their side becomes cultish. That's people not do. I'm sure. not saying that they're cultish. Not cultish, they, but they just big fans. Yeah, but they people just are massive fans of Bucky. Well, because have you ever been? I have. All right. Well, so. so go, and then it's like it's like the people who like um, Publix. My wife. Oh crap! I should have put that up there. My wife and her friends who pay attention to such things. I'm not proud that I don't. Tell me, Publix is appreciably more expensive than like Kroger, for example, and certainly like Aldi's, who makes their reputation on being uh, reasonably priced, low price. Okay, so. Okay, but it's worth the trip just for the pub sub. And and you may say it isn't. Okay, then that's fine. It doesn't make me a cult person because I would go because, to me, they have things that the other ones don't. They will, they will go to um, – they, you can drink beer and wine there. They don't have that at the other places. There's a well, place can, where you, you go can, sit and have a beer. You can do that at Jungle Gyms. No, talk about Kroger and Aldi's. Oh, okay. Stay on the topic here, for Sorry. God's sake. Um, yeah, so, so I you mean, you can have a beer at Bucky's. Oh, for the love of God! I didn't know that at Publix. You can have a beer at Publix. Yes, they have a beer and a wine place. You can sit there. There's a place to sit, and you can eat there. And, and that, that's what I'm saying. And they have the pub subs. They just do things that the other places don't have. That is their USP, their unique selling point. Learn that in advertising. Or, advertising 101. Or their USB, where they plug themselves into a computer, computer and electrocute themselves. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> there you go. No, I'm telling you, it's fantastic. Oh, Spader most definitely is Reddington. Well, I would know. I never oh, saw I the show. I didn't know that was the character. Well, people fine texting me. But fortunately, we've gotten better. I think we've weeded out asshats. Because, and here's what I mean by an asshat. Listening to a radio show, like this one, the guy tells you, I, I saw it once or twice. I said I liked it. I did say that. I, so I'm not making it, you know, backtracking here. Right. Uh, I said Blacklist. It was good. But I said I don't think he is uh, Reddington. The texters now simply correct me. No, Reddington is Spader. the main character. Yeah, and another guy gets a little forceful. He's most definitely Reddington. Okay. Well, all right. But the old ones would have said Reddington, is, Spader is Reddington, you fill in the blank with some pejorative 
<laughs> comment. You fat, lazy, smoked, smelly, whatever. Smoked? What are you, a meat? Yes, anything. Just as long as you can insult them. They just, you can't get to the keys fast enough to insult the guy. So that's, that's an asshat. There's no reason to say that. Just correct, fine. I mean, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm human, make mistakes, that, you know, or disagree. <gasps> you can disagree. It's fine. But you don't, doesn't have to, hey, you idiot. Hey, you, that's, that is, and that's what basically most sports radio is right now, which is why I don't. It's gotten I, much better, I feel like. Or maybe, you do? Maybe, uh, maybe I'm just, just our show because we, we have the smartest listeners in all of sports radio. I told you that. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Maybe maybe it's just collectively. No, I know. I mean, you're, don't get me wrong. Your real show has small listeners, too. But this one you do as a hobby is. By the way, you weren't here, so I'm going to gloat now because. About what? Spontaneous parlay while you were off in Columbia. Seven for seven Friday. Oh, man. What did it pay? Seven for seven. I don't know. I just give them out. No, you got That's part of the fun. You got to say what you would have made. Well, you would have doubled your money, but I don't know how much A $10 bet would have made you what? 20 bucks? Don't you challenge me, Bob, you jackass. Thank you. <laughs> now you're getting in the spirit of old sports radio. I had Cornell. I, I'm telling you, Meany Ivies are getting along great. Uh, opposite in the MAC with you in football. Oh, exactly. I had Cornell, Columbia, and Princeton in the Ivies. Won all those. Then I owned a Dayton, Tennessee, and Houston to go 7-0. and Bam. Well, Bam. Do you remember what the odds were for it? Like, what, plus 210? I made... Nobody's going to check. I, I, if you bet $10, you got back uh, uh, 2240 Forty-three. Yeah, you just completely made that. No, yeah, that was good. It was good. good Completely made it. Why are you doing that? I'm genuinely curious. I'm trying to give you your roses, and you're acting very defensive. Is it because we didn't have the cookies? No, no. Texas, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to be an asshat, just letting you know. He's the one that wrote Reddington is James Spader. No, that was fine. It was the other guy who wrote Reddington is definitely James Spader. As if, like, he could be a maybe a character or not. Like, some days, you know, week in, in the first two weeks of the series, he was he was Reddington. Then he, was, then he played, uh, you know, Uncle Wiggly. And then he went back to... Uh, that was playful. That was okay. That was playful. Hey, you idiot. Us nasty texters are still here. Now they're getting in the spirit of things. There we go. That's very good. Uh, James Spader in the movie, 80s movie, Less Than Zero was incredible. Also, his role, oh, his role on Boston Legal is when I really became a big fan of his. He's terrific okay. in Boston James Legal. James Spader? Oh, my God. That's a great show. I think I just like legal dramas. I'm having trouble finding, shockingly to me, L.A. Law. Can't find the damn thing anywhere, even on my VC, which has shows from 1948. What has better shows? Medical dramas? No. Or legal legal dramas? Legal. Because medical dramas, especially for you, don't watch medical dramas. Because at the end of every medical drama, you will be convinced you have whatever the condition is, the guy uh, in the show. uh, Grey's Grey's Anatomy. Do not watch that. I can't blink in unison. No, absolutely. Yeah. Please don't do that. So I can sit there at Publix and have a beer... While my wife shocks. This is grandpa. Yes, that's what I'm telling you. Absolutely what I'm telling you. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong because I don't drink that much, but I saw the woman in front of me. I think you can take your beer around the grocery store with you, put it in the cup holder on the cart, and just be sipping and shopping, sipping and shopping. I don't think they're a sponsor yet. Maybe (laughs) you should slow down a little bit. What are you laughing at? The guy, because the guy's getting the spirit. It makes me laugh when our listeners get it. Guy, the guy says, let me see if I can get it up here. Oh, here we go. Put that in there. There you go. See if I can get it up here. Um, Bob, you son of a bitch. I'm, 
I'm pretty sure later in the show, they found out Reddington, who is the character James Spader, actually plays a guy who took the dead Reddington's name. So you're technically right in a way. There you go. But thank you for getting the good first line insult in there. Very good. That's a good one. That might have been Sofero. Uh, don't Bob, don't challenge somewhere. me, you jackass. I'll <laughs> teach you something. I can be an ass hat. There we go. Uh uh, you know, it, it Texas said this, which Paul Rogers has brought up, so you're not original. No, I'm not That's not why I brought it up. Now I'm being an asset. But it, 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 Texas said, I'm wondering where we would have been had we kept David Padgett. This would be his seventh year. I mean, if freaking Dang Adele doesn't run the damn baseline like a knucklehead, I, yeah. I was not a big fan of his uh, because I thought he was playing just for himself. I'm sorry. Sorry. Maybe, maybe he's out curing diseases and helping, you know indigent children and everything but that was I thought he was very selfish that year and um, he, how he could not know that situation just don't run the baseline all you gotta do is not run the baseline and they beat Virginia and if they beat Virginia they go to the NCAA tournament maybe they would have kept David I think he would have grown into a really good coach uh, Talk Sports damn it. signed Tammy and Tommy thank you Appreciate that. Good to hear from you again. You haven't done a talk sports statement in a while. LA Law is on Amazon Prime. Oh, thank you for the direction. I get that. Legal dramas are definitely the best. I love the show House, but absolutely at the end of every episode, I think I have the disease that they're talking about. Absolutely. That's And you're preaching to the choir with... uh, uh, Mr. Hypochondriac. Mr. Hypochondriac there. I almost said Mr. Insomnia, which you also have. But yeah. The L softball team is doing great, though. Okay. So, yeah, I did leave them out. How did they do? Did they play over the weekend? Uh, I'm not sure. I should know this, but I don't. Texas says, Bob, I thought you actually had every medical condition. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Go for the uh, medical bingo coverall. That's it. Yeah, let's not jinx that. Yeah, all I need is a yeast infection, I told you. It's the only thing I'm missing. Because no, you're going to get one. Guys don't get yeast infections. Oh, I'm thinking UTIs. <laughs> That's the joke. Yeah. Oops. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, uh, at Publix, all Publix pre-made food is 20 times better. Oh, uh, yeah. See, they are. It's good. It's quality food there. Yeah. Have you guys ever had sheets? People in Pittsburgh love them. They're made to order. It's good. Sheets is good, but it's... it's, it's sheets is to... Bucky's, like my analogy here, like Trinity High School's football stadium is to uh, the Jerry Dome. That's a good example. That's a very nice little high school field. It's beautiful. Right. But, you know, compared to the Jerry Dome. <laughs> so, wait, so Sheets is, you're doing that Sheets to Bucky's? Is, yes. Sheets oh, okay. is Trinity's high school field, and Bucky's is the Jerry Dome. Very, very, very impressive. Big fan of sheets. You know, I, I listen. Here's the deal with me. I realize this. Somebody should should um, hire me. They really should. I'll tell you. And I, I don't often say that to be a great. You don't have to get big focus groups. Just get me. I am the most <laughs> average. <Wow. laughs> that was. <laughs> That what was something? What me? <laughs> that was quite ego. <laughs> no, no, it's not ego. It's if anything, it's exactly opposite. I am so average in terms of my taste that I I love Taylor Swift. I love her and Kelsey. I I love uh, I'm Bucky's. I'm a big fan of Disney. I am just it's it's you, I don't know. You want to say it's woke? I don't think it's woke. I, anything that is on the yellow line in society, I am a big fan of. 
I am a big fan of apple pie, of hot dogs, of <laughs> I just <laughs> I really I don't have something where ninety percent of the people love it and I go, Oh, I don't know what they see in that. I just black am, jelly beans. Do you, do you the, have any the public devices? doesn't really love black jelly beans. That's what I'm saying. Do I don't love like black. Them? No, I don't. I don't love black jelly beans. I do love uh, uh, Twizzlers. Public loves Twizzlers. Okay. I love M and M's. People love M and M's. I love I love Snickers. Snickers. The public loves Snickers. I don't. I just. It's uh, it's unbelievable how average my taste is. I am just mainstream. I'm Italian, and you would think I would love opera. Don't really like opera. American people. I don't really love opera. <laughs> I mean, it's so that just, should be the thing. Does Bob like that's it? That's right. Really, seriously. I could just be on a payroll. Like These companies would all be calling me, Bob, you got to come in. We're introducing a new flavor. What is it? All right. I'll be out there Tuesday. I've got a new uh, spaghetti sauce coming out on Monday. I got to visit with them. There's a new salad dressing Tuesday. There's a new shirt these people want to bring out. I don't know about the new collar. I'll be in with them on Wednesday. Thursday, I've already got a morning appointment. I can work you in the afternoon, though, if you'd like. I mean, it's just, seriously. I mean, look at look at all of the the gadgets that I love. I'm always loving the the gadgets I love. Usually catch on. It's just that's true. You do like gadgets, yeah. Top golf. I was on board with that, even though the people here were losing their mind. Um, you know, not I, everybody was. Just some people. Yes, yeah, just a lot of people. A gay man who's very hairy all over his body, but is smaller in frame and weighs considerably less than a bear. It's an otter. Larry is an otter. A, a slender, hairy member of the bear community with a passive personality. Holy God. See, this is where, where, where... What? What? Why did that make you uncomfortable? Because you have to quit your job to learn how to speak in your own in today's society you got all it is is it's a double it's a term no, for no, something no. else L- listen i'm gonna go down the- oh, here we go here come here they come here come the haters okay if you are born in my eyes with a penis you're born a male and i know i, I don't i don't identify as a male and then okay well if you're a male and you like to have sex with other males well no 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 now there's how many terms for that seven Seven terms. You're a, you're gay. You're a you're bi. You're a, you're an omnisexual. You're an American leaguer. You're a. a I mean, they, they, I don't even know. So it's just it's just I don't I don't have any obje- I don't is- have objection to any of them. I just don't understand how you can speak. You can't talk, any, and it's not like you can't say anything. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. Oh no, you got a lot of opportunity to say what's on your mind, really, but. You just – you can't talk without a scorecard. Like, I mean, I, do you really – I don't know. Different animals for gay? Like, is there – if you go to the zoo, do they have little signs on the display? You know, term for gay, not term for gay, term for gay, term for a bisexual, term for a guy born, a man who identifies as a woman, term for an American Well, leader, they actually for, put I mean, what the what – the, what, the, yeah. <laughs> what the animal is yeah, yeah. in regards to, to the, the LGBTIQ. To the sexual community, yes. No, they don't – all, all I'm saying is like I understand – All I'm saying is give peace a chance. <laughs> All I'm saying is that some of those terms also mean that. I didn't know that. I'd heard of bears. I didn't know there were utter, uh, uh, otters. I, I gay, didn't know there were wolves. Gay, gay I didn't know there were. in Chicago. That's bears. <laughs> I'm trying to find a scale. A scale? Like do, re, mi, fa, so, No, like for like for, for an um, emoji. I could have sworn there was a scale. What? What? Okay. What do you mean scale? Uh. 
like a scale, like like for justice. Like I'm doing medical dramas. I have the medical symbol, okay. you know, the serpent going around the yeah. The so oh, needle. you want the legal scale? The the, the yeah. blind, the lady with the thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, do that. Rusty says Blue Bloods is the best show. Blue Bloods is very good. I have seen that. I have seen that. See, that's a police drama though. Yeah, also good. Uh, by the way, I, I've officially for the people who listen to the show for a long time, and I'm not being at all facetious about this. I have officially for not that he cares. By the way, please do not take it that I am so self-important that I think he would even know of what I'm speaking. I know he's not. It's just for my own sake and for our listeners. I've officially forgiven Brian Wilson. That poor man. Now that I have read, if you weren't with us, he came on the show when Mike Pratt was still alive. God rest his soul. We were so excited. I was very excited, but he was. That's as excited. I, I've, as, ne- I've never seen never seen him that excited. excited with a guest. I've never seen either one of you more stoked. He I've was so excited. Brian on. Wilson's lead singer and the founder, one of the co-founders of the Beach Boys, immensely talented. And we had a list of questions, and he came on. And it was obvious he didn't want to be on the show. And he, he answered in all two- and three-word answers. Uh, not disdainfully, not like, uh, but he answered like, you know, I asked him, so what are we going to hear? He was supposed to be playing the palace, I guess. What are we going to hear on Thursday? Great music. Okay, I mean, I was asked like you can do old songs, Beach Boy songs, your new stuff, something. I mean, it's pretty, pretty softball question. So I said, all right, well, let's go on other things. Somebody said, you know, he really likes baseball, so ask him about baseball. So you are a baseball fan? I like baseball. Okay, uh, did you play? I played in high school. I thought, oh, maybe we'll get some hooks here. What was your biggest thrill? Hit a home run. Wow. And then I heard a bell go off in the background. I was just trying to be funny. You remember that? And I said, oh, yeah. uh, oh, I guess our time's up. And he said, it is. And hung up. And I realized, so he must have done it because the promoter said, could you do this? And he did. Didn't want to. And they said, I need five minutes. And so he set the timer for five minutes. Five minutes was up and he left. And I was humiliated because we had piped it and hyped it and promoted it. And, you know, I, it only happened a couple of times where I'd literally break out in a sweat during the interview because I don't know how to get out of it. Yeah, no, that was, that was... And so I was. I said, well, I'll never go. And I, I just went completely, uh, you know, anti-Brian Wilson. Because my whole point was, if you don't want to come on the show, just tell the, to the promoter, no, I'd rather not do it. I can respect that, but don't come on and then be, uh, you know, that way. And right. I, I since I found out, I don't know what, if you'd call it abused as a young man, but he had a very, very trying relationship with his father. It was very bad. Um, he got very much, he's fried his brain on drugs, which is amazing. He was still able to perform, but I'm told music can do that. Even my father-in-law, who had very severe Alzheimer's, all of a sudden music would make him completely, you know, coherent be yeah, again. Yeah. he would remember the lyrics he could sing the song with you so he would still do his songs but uh his wife he's 81 his wife is, was 77 and she just died not very long ago and they said they realized his wife was taking care of him and i always am am, am, am nervous when i see stories like this because there's a lot of money involved and so um but his family has put him into conservatorship I think that's the term conservatorship that's what they did to Britney Spears right. and that turned in right. and then they wanted to be able to control all his money and I always say well you know that's the way to get the money but I'm told from what I'm told what I read credibly it seems is that his wife was so taken care of him and now she's gone and he's not even capable of taking care of himself and that's so sad that when you hear that and it's such a brilliant guy and such a brilliant musical mind he and the Beatles had a, a, a kind of 
good-natured, I guess, rivalry because they, McCartney especially and Lennon, but both were so uh, enamored with what he did and his innovations, and so they would drive them to try and be even better and they were and he did a, an album called pet sounds that is considered by music people who know far more than i one of the best pop uh, records of all time and um and you know he's got a lot of songs that i really do enjoy but i i truly am sorry that he that they even asked him to come on actually because it's it's so yeah, sad that was so that was rough it's very sad but so he's uh he's in conservatorship right now his wife, Melinda Wilson, had been caring for him until her death last month. And now with her gone, he's God knows what that means, not being able to care for yourself. One of my one of my greatest fears is losing my mind, basically. Um, that's uh, I mean, not that I'll be thrilled from wandering in the house, you know, with my pants around my ankles because I don't know how to get dressed. But uh, although I do that now, so that's OK. But um, about to say, hey, how you doing Tuesday? Hey. <laughs> But I officially forgive him. It's a very Christian thing to do. You got to learn to forgive as you get older. You're better at forgiving when you're uh, when you get uh, when you get older. Oh, Bob, you are wrong. You don't like firing coaches quickly. Majority of the public does. What the hell are you talking about? Oh, about the majority. No, no. Uh, even then, even then, you're not a thousand percent right there because uh, the pros do it all the time. I. And I admit that I, you know, it's not like I'm wrong. That when when I, when I have a, a point of view that I don't think is right in mainstream, that's the thing. I'm aware of it. It's like if I suddenly said I love black licorice, I would say, "Licks." I know this is not particularly popular, but I don't. I don't love black licorice. So that's not the case. But in this case, the firing coaches. Uh, I don't know if it's the majority of the public. I think you want to believe it's the majority of the public because that's how you feel, obviously. But um, but I do think, yeah, it's definitely more people than, than, than I am. Why are we even talking about this, Bob? Don't know what that means. Is there a gay term? Uh-oh, this guy going to try me? Is he trying to lure me into saying something I shouldn't say? I don't know. Is there a gay term for giraffe? What does that mean? No, I don't know. Let's see. Giraffe, L-G-B-I-T. Medical shows often have some poor information or science, but the law shows it doesn't matter because most of it is crooked anyway. Oh, that's too cynical. Stop. Uh, what the? Huh. I just typed this in, and the first thing that came up were, are 90% of giraffes gay? Really? Huh. Well, it's hard to find a date that's as tall as you are, so maybe they just figure it's easier to find a guy. Huh. From The Guardian. Are ninety percent of giraffes gay, or have their loving looks been misunderstood? Huh. Interesting. I'll have to read that sometime. Coach, I disagree with you sometimes, but I love the way you operate on the show. Thank you. Uh, you ask that. There's actually nothing better than the Trinity football field. Okay. <laughs> I'm old, but going to Bucky's gives me anxiety over being at a gas pump, 130, and it says 130, and it says see attendant. Imagine the walk to the store from eight miles away. <laughs> oh, I get it. That pump 130. Yeah, it is. Uh, wow. You need to open your own store up, Bob. Shopping, supping, shopping, and subs. Ooh, I like that. That'd be fun. Want to fund that for me? I want to open up a place called Nikki V's House Nikki V's House of Slice. House yeah. of Slice? Yeah, we, we, we just do, we'll do one specialty pizza a day. Okay. But by and large, it is cheese or pepperoni, but we do it in different styles. 
So we'll do it in like Chicago deep dish. We'll do it in New York style. We'll do it in Detroit style. We'll do it in New Haven style. We'll do it in Neapolitan style. We'll do it in St. Louis style. Oh. But you're basically... You'll have a hard time, I think. Yeah, it probably won't work. Well, no, just because you'll have a hard time having a guy who, or woman, or staff that's proficient in making all those different types of pizzas. It's not yeah. that easy. That's a good point. Uh, I just want to do a slice and call it the Portnoy and make it like Dave Portnoy style, the guy from Barstool who does the pizza reviews. If I can get over an eight, that is a massive achievement. Forgive. We got to get C.L. Brown on, by the way. We're, that is a top five in V-Show history. I was at Wendy's on Shelbyville Road drive through an otherwise forgetful day that will now live in infamy. Why? Because I said about being forgiving when you get older, that I forgave Brian Wilson. I don't know if this guy's being sarcastic. I'm not sure what it meant, but I just read it. Uh, should watch the documentary on Brian Wilson. Brilliant. But has had severe... Yeah, I did. I, I think that's the one I saw. It might have been on him or it might have been among the Beach Boys in general, but that's when I learned of his... I, I feel awful that... Uh, I, you know, I do think, though, this is awful to say, that... We're late. We're late. We're late for a very important date. See we're late, we're late, we're late, we're late. I don't know the lyrics to that song. We're late. We're late. Um, hello, goodbye. I think that's Yeah, it. some hello, goodbye. Yeah, whatever. Um, if you... You look at how often the people who really become brilliant is because of some really awful thing in their lives now they sometimes it works the other way it destroys their life and they have all sorts of problems their whole lives and maybe they never get out of it but it seems like it pushes you into one way or the other and um like so many of these people that made all their money grew up dirt poor because they just had this incredible drive to succeed that I, I'm going to be candid with you. I think I've worked hard and I'm proud of my career. You know, you can say what you want, but I, you know, I've made my living as a coach and as a broadcaster. And those are the only two things I ever wanted to do. And I'm very, very blessed to do it. And I've had some experiences that I'm, I'm, I wouldn't trade for anything. But I was the third of three boys. My father was relatively comfortable by that point. We certainly were not up or middle, upper middle class, but we were firmly middle class. And so I don't know that I ever had a real drive to 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 do certain things and like even your grandmother 